Hey, everybody, it's Andrea. Before we start today's show, I have a super quick announcement to share with all of you. Beginning in April, I'm going to be launching a series of college to career live weekend boot camps to help graduating seniors as well as juniors who are confused about what jobs or careers they might want to pursue when they graduate. So imagine going from confused to confident with at least three different career options you'd be psyched to explore by the end of day one of the boot camp. And then learning the tools, tactics, and the strategies to find those jobs by the end of day two. The boot camp is live and it's led by me over Zoom. And you can learn more about it at College to Career Academy. That's college, the number two, career dot academy. Or you can just look me up on LinkedIn and check out the featured section of my LinkedIn page. I can't imagine a better graduation gift for the college students in your life. Thanks so much for listening, and I know you're going to enjoy my next incredible guest. Hi there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career double shot K-Cup with my guest, Dave Asprey. I post every day on LinkedIn, Dave, and one of the posts that I made last week was about the importance of transferable skills, even for college students, right? It doesn't have to be necessarily you've had some fancy job. You could have been a dog walker, right? A waiter, a server, an ice cream scooper, a car park, whatever you did. How did your background in computer science and informational science or informational systems influence the twists and turns in your professional and personal journey as you moved from being an engineer into a biohacker? College is only there for two, maybe three reasons. One is to teach you how to think. The other one is to teach you how to interact with others, to give you you time, socialization time as an adult, which is cool because you learn a bunch of stuff there. You know, what works, what doesn't work. You date a bunch of people, all that kind of stuff, you know, do things that you probably wish you hadn't done a few years later, (laughs) but that's the normal experience. And the third thing it does is it gives you a, a, we'll say a pedigree, a certain brand. So if you go to a school that's, you know, has a name and all that. It does give you an unfair advantage because you have a network of other people. And I know that at least one of the VP jobs I've gotten was they saw Wharton on my resume. Like, oh, we have to have this guy. He's from a big school. In reality, the knowledge you get from school, it's all free. It's all online. So you can learn anything you want for free now, which is epic. 
that wasn't quite that easy when I was going through school. So it's not about the knowledge. It's about the people. It's about the brand. It's about the connections. And you asked me something else, but that was like the first part of my answer. And I don't remember what else you were asking me. Yeah, just the training that you had as a young computer scientist, how to think and how that led to you becoming a biohacker and those transferable skills that played a role. One of the things that I learned was that everything is a system and that systems are really complex and that they create their own emergent behavior. What I told you earlier about fear, food, and fucking, that is original Dave Asprey stuff, but it came out of studying what happens when you put a million computers together and you try to manage them. And so it, it, it's something you wouldn't think about right now, but we're talking over thousands of pieces of equipment right now just to see each other's video and all of that. Yet we don't have to know. We don't own them. We don't control them but somehow it all works. So how is it that we can get a result out of a system that we don't have full visibility into? Well, what other parts of life are like that? It turns out our bodies are the same way. We don't know most of what goes on in there, but we do know if you put this in, you get this out. So I was trained to be a hacker, an actual computer hacker, and to get into systems and control systems and break systems that weren't mine. And the body's the same way. The body believes that it's its own system. So if you weren't in there, you would be following your instincts. You'd still be eating. You'd be acting more like a deer, <laughs> running those F word things to the very best of your body's ability. And okay, how do we manage that system? And the definition of biohacking, when I wrote it, and people call me the father of biohacking because I started this movement, and it, the definition is the art and science of changing the environment around you and inside of you so that you have full control of your own biology. If I want to hack a computer, I change the environment around the computer, the inputs to the computer, and then I change the inside of the computer until I have full control of the computer. It's the same way of thinking. It's very different from medicine, but it relies on some medical stuff and a bunch of other things like sleep and exercise and movement and when you eat and all those different things. Those are just variables that we're tweaking. And I also learned to be lazy. One of the things I measured was, okay, if you want to have, oh, say one person manage a hundred computers, how much work is it? What if one person can manage a million computers? How do I do it with less energy, right? So everything I do in my life right now, I measure it on return and energy. If I spend a little bit of energy and get a lot of energy back, I do it. And if I spend a lot of energy and I get no energy or less energy back, then I don't do it. And it's the same when you're studying, you should change your major. If you hate every class you go to, you're in the wrong major and that's okay. So I started out in electrical engineering, switched to computer science, and then I switched to information systems slash AI, right? Then I got an MBA, but you don't have to stick with one thing. One of the coolest things I ever saw, I go to Burning Man, have for a long time, and there's a temple at Burning Man that they burn on the last night and people leave their baggage there, you know, pictures of friends who've passed, some of you need to let go of. And there was, someone had logged out to the desert probably a thousand dollars worth of training manuals for the legal exams to get into law school. And they lined him up against the base of the temple and it said, fuck you, mom and dad, I'm not going to go to law school and literally burned them in the temple fire. And what's going on there is we all get bad advice in what we're supposed to do, what we should be doing. If it's not compatible with what you give a shit about, then don't do it. Right. And forcing yourself to, to get a degree because it'll be a good living It'll be a miserable living and you won't actually thrive doing that. You might make enough money. I will tell you that if you want to get a degree in you know, some 
you know, kind of, we'll say liberal arts, not that there isn't great value in, in art and science and writing and all that. I mean, there's great value in it. You might not want a degree in that, but you might want to concentrate on that. Having some sellable skills is great, but doing things that you care about is even more important. So there is, you know, the follow your passion. If your passion is eating bonbons on a couch, it's going to be tough. But if what you're doing really, really sucks, it's totally not right for you and it's okay to change. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.